0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Colossians 1. This is a prayer I pray over you today. And we want to talk today about... Learning to seek guidance in prayer and learning how to listen to what the Lord is saying to us. Verse 8, for this reason, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease, we don't quit, to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding and that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Being faithful, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, and strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. What's his glorious power? The power that he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead. That was the power that gave glory to Jesus. For all patience and long suffering with joy. Now, Joe, Sharon, all of you, listen now. If you are strengthened with the might of his glorious power, you will be filled with patience and long-suffering with joy. Remember, the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. To be strong, you've got to have some joy. Now understand that enjoyment and joy are not the same thing. Enjoyment is very temporary and fickle. It can rise and fall off something as trivial as a ball game. It can rise and fall off something as trivial as me trying to get here this morning and those who tried to impede my way with their vehicles. <laughs> I wasn't enjoying that one bit. But enjoyment is not the same thing as joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Who <clears throat> love, joy, love, joy, peace. It is that indwelling strength of the Lord that anticipates a greater revelation of his presence in you, joy. Now, some of you say, well, I don't have any joy. If you're a believer, you do have joy. You're just not connecting with it. It's already there. Get into a position of praise and worship. Get into a position of thanksgiving. Get into a position of giving glory and thanks for all that he has blessed you with. Stop focusing on what you don't have and start focusing on what you do have. And some joy will start rising up. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of God. Remember back to the first of this prayer. This is a prayer that God chose the Holy Spirit under His inspiration to write in the Scriptures. I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will counsel you and instruct you with my eye upon you. I will guide. Why did, why did Jesus send the Holy Spirit? He will teach you all things and guide you into all the truth. How many of you know to be guided, you've got to move? You can't guide a stationary bike. So, not only will I teach you and instruct you in the way in which you should go, you've got to move in the direction that you, at least, even in the absence of revelation, Go in the direction of that which is appropriate. What do you mean by that? Even if you don't know what to do today, you do know something's appropriate. That is, you ought to get up and take a bath and thank God for another day and ask Him, you know, what do you want to do through me today as your child? You may not know exactly, you may not have Any kind of revelation. But in the absence of that, do what's obvious. Get up and go to work. You don't have to pray and ask if it's his will. It's obvious. Amen. And it's always obvious to take a shower. Just thought I'd throw that in. All right, now, invite him in. If you're looking for guidance, Invite the Lord into the circumstance and situation. Do you do that? The Word says pray about all things. The Word says pray at all times under the direction and control of the Holy Spirit. Do you invite the Lord into, see I invited the Lord into this service today. Yesterday I said Lord do what you want to do in this service. Do what you want to do. It's yours. These are your people. I pray that you will do what you want to do in this service. When you get up and you start your day, do you invite the Lord to participate and to intervene in your day? Do you ask the Lord to participate and intervene in the traffic that you encounter See, in one of my weaknesses of irritation in traffic, the Lord is saying to me, I told you in my word that God is love. And I also told you in the word, in 1 Corinthians 13, that that kind of love is patient. And so what I've been having to do is start praying for those who have decided to go in front of me. and see them as agents of the Holy Spirit. Invite the Lord into the circumstance and situation. Before you go to a family meeting, before your kids come over, before you have friends or company, on your way to the office, do you invite the Lord to participate in your day and do you invite the Lord to be at work in the circumstances and situations that you're going to be involved in. Do you invite him into meetings before you go? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to barge in where he's not invited. Did you know that? A lot of Christians say, why didn't God do anything? Because you didn't invite him. Invite him. It's learn to simply Say, Lord, I invite you into this circumstance and situation today. Should we include so and so? Should we go here? Should we do this? Learn to invite the Lord more and more into circumstances and situations in your life. Start small. Keep it simple. You don't want to start when you're in the ER. Now, The Lord will hear you there, and he will get involved, but it's a whole lot better to start without pressure. Did you know that pressure and stress will lock you down? You know know that, don't you? It'll lock you down. How many of you know that it's hard to pray effectively when you're locked down in stress and pressure? So learn, learn, learn. To invite the Lord into circumstances and situations where it's simple and pressure-free. So that when those times do come, and they will, where there's a lot of stress and pressure, you're flowing in it instead of trying to figure out how to do it. Does that make sense? Now, today's sermon is not some great masterpiece. It's just trying to teach and coach a little bit about learning how to practically seek guidance and hear the voice of God. All right. seek the Lord, James 1, 5 and 6. Let's turn there. If any of you lacks what? Wisdom. Do you know what wisdom is? It's the ability to see things from God's perspective. What a gift that would be, right? It's a top-down view. It's the ability to see things from God's perspective, and do you know what? Over and over again in the scriptures, God has has invited us to call out and ask for wisdom. That is the ability to see things the way He does. Look at verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. You know what? You know what? Without reproach means. It means when you ask him for wisdom, he won't tell you all the reasons why you're not worthy of receiving it. Wow. When you ask for wisdom, he's not going to show shame and blame. If you will ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you without finding fault. It will be given to you as long as, verse 6, let him ask in faith. How does faith come? Does the Word of God say if you ask for wisdom, you'll get it? So there's your faith answer. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Notice he didn't say there can't be any doubt about anything. He says if you will ask for wisdom in the context of asking for wisdom, you don't ask with doubt. Why? Because God has clearly said, I'll give it to you if you ask, and I won't even name all the reasons why you shouldn't receive it. Ask for wisdom. It's available to all who call on it. From the source of all wisdom. What a blessing. In the Ephesians 1 prayer that I pray for you every day, there's also... A prayer there that is wonderful for wisdom as well as the Colossians 1 prayer that we, that we pray that the Lord would fill us with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. But I want to, uh, I want us, when we're praying for guidance, I want us to more and more learn to pray for revelation. You know what revelation is, don't you? Does everybody know what information is? Information is facts about what at least appears to be true. But revelation is when it is a whole lot higher than information. I heard about Jesus for years before I got revelation that it was me that nailed him to the cross. And when I got that revelation that he was ready to come in and live his life in me, I got revelation on information. So many of us believers have all this accumulated information, facts about God, facts about Bible, all this religious stuff, but we don't have any revelation, personal, living, intimate contact with a God who loves us. Revelation. So we need to pray and ask for greater revelation from the Holy Spirit. So when we're learning to try to hear what God is saying to us, There are several ways that he does. He always speaks through the Bible, the Word of God. This canon of Scripture, once and for all, delivered to the saints. Nothing the Holy Spirit says will ever contact what the Holy Spirit has already said in the written Word. The spoken Word will never contradict the written Word. They're congruent. They came and come from the same source. Amen. So we ask the Lord for clear revelation. The Word of God is always the will of God. Let me say that again. The Word of God is always the will of God. But a lot of times we don't have a specific passage of Scripture about a specific issue that we need to address with the Lord. We need direction about. And so sometimes we have to, and and quite often, We have to ask the Holy Spirit to give us clear direction. How does he do that? Sometimes the Holy Spirit, by the way, he has a voice. When the the Lord came to live on the inside of you, He didn't lose his voice. Over and over again, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Over and over again, we hear that the Holy Spirit will come to live in you will teach you and guide you, and he will speak to you. The Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you in just a word that is understandable to you. In the depths of your inner man, with the ears of your heart, not your physical, the ears of your body, but in the ears of your heart, you can clearly hear that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Sometimes it's in a word or just a little small collection of words. The Holy Spirit is a speaking God. And sometimes there will just be a word in your inner man. Sometimes that word will be a a directive word. Sometimes it will be a deep impression. Turn back to the book of Acts with me, if you will, to chapter 15. It'll be a lingering impression sometimes. When you're seeking guidance, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a lingering impression. In Acts chapter 15, in verse 25, the account the Holy Spirit gave to Luke as he wrote this wonderful book says something interesting about the early believers. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord. There was spiritual leadership there, there was unity of the body, and it seemed good to us. You know what that means? There were no blinking yellow lights in our inner man. There were no red lights that said, don't go down that road. Verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now, wait a minute, does that mean? That means when you're praying about something, sometimes the way the Lord leads you is by a deep impression in your spirit, man, that there's just a lightness, there's a peace, there's not any caution or red lights in your inner man. There's nothing that's restraining you that says, ah, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. That just a peace as you pray about something And a lightness. When you have that, take the next step. Proceed into the intersection of decision making. Keep moving. God doesn't direct a stationary bicycle. Keep moving when you have, it seemed good, it seemed light. I mean, it's not, don't make it so Complicated. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to you through counsel of other people. Do you have a one, two, or three person inner circle of safety? Let me tell you something. If you try to live this life and this walk isolated, you're going to become very attractive to your enemy. And you will make decisions and think you did the right thing, and because you don't have any outside influence whatsoever, you'll make a mess and you'll try to say, well, I prayed about it. I thought I was doing the right thing. If it is the voice of God, if it is the voice of God, there will be a small circle of trusted spiritual leadership if you have built those and invited those into your life that will do something we call confirming what God has said confirmation usually comes, listen, confirmation of what God is saying usually comes through somebody else or some circumstances that has the affirmation of God on it saying to you, this is the right way to go. So you don't need to seek counsel from everybody. You'll have too many voices and it'll become confusing. But in that small circle of trusted spiritual leadership, or safe place. Too often we forget that we are part of a body. We are not Lone Rangers in this walk. Can I tell you the reason why many of us don't confide in other people? We blame it on fear that they won't protect our confidence. Most of the time it's spelled P-R-I-D-E. Well, I'll just figure this out myself. I don't need any help. You become very attractive to the deceiver when you do that. Sometimes the Lord speaks to us not only through words, strong impressions, through counsel, Sometimes he does it through the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he does it, and look, turn to Acts 16, I want to show you something. Sometimes the Lord speaks to us by overruling us. (laughs) This is part of my regular prayer when I'm seeking guidance. Lord, show me what I need to do. Make it very, very clear. And if I feel like that I know what I'm supposed to do, I say to the Lord, if this is not you, I ask you to intervene and close the door. Stop this. Don't let it go on any farther. Now, why would you do that? Because you protect the sovereign power of God you, you have more confidence in that than your own ability to always make the right decisions. So always ask God to intervene and stop things. Let me show you this out of the scripture, Acts chapter 6. Paul and the other apostles, do you think they had any spiritual maturity? Paul and some of his companions, did they? Yes or no? Well, he should have. He wrote 13 books of the New Testament under the direction of the Holy Spirit. He should be a spiritual man, right? Well, watch this. Verse 6, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried, these spiritual godly men, they tried to go into Bithynia but the Spirit did not permit them. So many of us have so, way too much pride. We always need to surrender. God, direct me, and if I'm going down the wrong path, intervene and close the door. Sometimes, God will intervene in a way you thought was the right way and he will cause you to go down a different path for his glory in your protection. His glory in your protection. So sometimes we get overruled when we're seeking to hear the word of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us because we just have an inner connection. Something just connects, it feels right. You ought to be in this church because there's an ongoing connection by the Holy Spirit that this is where you ought to be, this is where you ought to receive from, this is where you ought to worship, this is where you need to be under spiritual leadership, this is where you need to pray for others and encourage others and come to worship together. There ought to be a connection in your inner man. And I want to tell you, if that's where you're connected, you will, ha- you will know it. And I, you can go to all the light shows and drama you want to, but if you don't have the connection of the Holy Spirit, it can be dramatic and wonderful and exciting, but you ought to listen to the connection of the Holy Spirit about where you ought to be. Where you ought to be. This is not for everybody, that is not for everybody. Find out where the Holy Spirit, the Lord of the church, is saying, this is where I want you to come and get involved and receive and minister. Connection. An inner connection by the Holy Spirit. It just fits. It Connects. One of the greatest ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us Besides, the witness in our spirit is through the peace of Christ. When you're praying about a decision and you're trying to seek, what does the Lord want me to do? Do you have the peace of God? Colossians 3.15 says, well, let's just turn there. Turn to the right to Colossians 3.15. Go past the book of Philippians. And I want you to see this precious gift. Now, look, this is a wonderful way to know whether you've heard from God or not. We're just having some practical coaching here today, right? Colossians 3. But above all these things put on love, the love of God, which is the bond of perfection, and, verse 15, let the peace of God rule. That word there for rule means act as an umpire, act as an arbiter. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Can I ask you something? Have you ever thought about the fact that one of the ways you find out whether or not the Lord is speaking to you or not is whether or not there's the peace of Christ in there? Do you have the peace of Christ? Do you know that sometimes the Lord will give you peace about something that's very difficult? Man, it's rough. There is suffering involved. You can have suffering and peace at the same time. You can, have, you can have to draw lines and boundaries with people you love, but have the peace of Christ at the same time. as uncomfortable. Look, peace and comfort are not the same thing. There are a lot of things that will be the right thing to do that you won't have comfort about, but you will have peace that this is what God is wanting you to do. Remember the difference. Is there peace, and does it come and go, or does it kind of abide and remain? Does the peace of Christ settle on the decision that you are going to make? All of us have temporary times when in our mind there are those attacks of doubt, but how many of you know the peace of Christ doesn't come into your mind, it comes into your spirit, comes into into your heart, that spiritual part of you and if you will apply it and stand on it then that peace will begin to take over your mind and bring the peace of Christ in your heart will eventually bring order in your mind as long as you dwell in it you give thanks for it you rejoice and continue to rejoice in it now I want to show you something that surprises a lot of Christians and there are those who don't agree with me on that. And how many of you know I don't seem to allow things like that to bother me anymore? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I don't mean that that I'm not open to correction because I get correction all the time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to show you something about Hearing and finding the will of God. Look at verse 18. Paul writing to the Thessalonian believers. And he said, therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. I wanted to come to you, but what? What? Satan hindered me. Hmm. Wow. I wanted to come to you time and again. Can I ask you something from what you know about Paul? Would you think that he would have thought that going to Thessalonica would have been the will of God? Yes or no? He said, I tried to do it over and over again. Could the man hear from God? Yes or no? I tried time and again I wanted to come and to see you face to face, but Satan hindered me. Dear Lord, now that can upset you for a minute if you let it. Don't forget this though. Even though Paul was hindered by Satan from seeing the Thessalonians face to face, what book are you reading right now? What's the name of the book you're reading right now in the Bible? First Thessalonians, yes or no? So if there's a first Thessalonians, guess what comes next? Can I tell you something? Something, Satan is not going to defeat the sovereign God when people are seeking him With their heart. He may temporarily interfere, but he is not going to defeat. So now there is in Holy Scripture two revelatory, wonderful books that we may not have had had Satan not tried to hinder Paul from seeing them, so he had to write to them. And you're reading it. Don't get absorbed with the devil. He is defeated. All right, now let me give you a little teaching here about what the devil is. Write this down. He is an unwilling agent sometimes. Hmm. He is an unwilling agent sometimes. What does that mean? He always has one agenda. That's to steal, kill, and destroy. But how many of you know that God Almighty is sovereign and all-knowing? He is omnipotent. And what this fallen angel, the devil, does is to deceive, and he has a lot of wreckage that he can bring. But he is not the Lord of heaven. He is not the God of all creation, He is not the author of life. He is not the final answer. He is an unwilling agent. Sometimes God Almighty will use the devil to do something that God wants to bring to pass. The devil doesn't do it willingly. He fights it tooth and nail. In my coaching days, I learned this afterwards. There are some good coaches. You watching any of that tournament lately? You see some good coaches. There are some, actually some great coaches. But you know the difference between a good coach and a master coach? A good coach has an agenda. He's got a plan. He has or she has coached and trained their team to perform at a high level and there is a plan and a regime to get that done and they are highly effective at it. Do you know what a master coach is? A master coach is somebody when it gets in the heat of competition not only has a great plan on what to do but a master coach knows how to take the strengths of the opposition and turn it against them. If you know anything about football, a master coach, a good coach will have a regime, an offense and a defense, but a master coach will take the opposition and what they're good at and turn it against them. Traps and draws and reverses and quick pitches and skip passes and are you with me? You belong to a master coach. And he will take what the devil is trying to do against you and turn it against him for his glory and your good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be observant about what God is doing. Some of you have seen the the work of the devil in your own family, in your business. Why don't you get by yourself sometime today and go to the Father of all heaven and say, God, I ask you to move mightily and I ask you to somehow bring to pass for your glory that you will orchestrate even what the enemy has done in all this carnage, I ask you to tell a mighty story of your grace. Would you intervene by your grace? Would you turn this pain into a platform for your glory. Can I tell you something? There are witnesses all over this congregation today who can say, it was out of my suffering that the Lord has brought me into a place of greater service and fruit bearing. It is out of that which I couldn't understand. It was out of the deep darkness of my own soul that God has changed my season. And out of that platform of pain, God has now given me a platform of deliverance and grace to minister to others. There are people who are going through things right now that the devil has, has really instigated and is bringing destruction. Would you go before God on behalf of other people, your loved ones, your friends, and ask God to do, ask him to intervene, that he would stop that hindrance and turn it into a mighty, a mighty platform of his grace and for his glory. God can do it. There is nothing the grace of God can't change. Amen. How do I hear the voice of God? Through his word, his impression, through the inner voice of the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of godly people, through the proper understanding of circumstances. And I'll close with this. When you're trying to seek guidance and you're trying to seek practical decision-making through prayer. Always remember the intersection. Always remember the intersection. As you approach the intersection of what to do and where to go and what not to do, whether I should go on through or turn around, always ask the Lord, give me wisdom and discernment and understanding about where I am. As you approach it, If the light is green, you just keep on going. You just keep on going. If there begins to be a caution in your inner man, if your peace begins to get disturbed, slow down and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do? What are you trying to say? And if the yellow turns to red, don't barge on through. You're going to have a wreck. Say, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. But I'm willing to stop and here and see what you're doing. And can I tell you, sometimes when God turns that yellow into a red, sometimes the greatest, the greatest answer to your prayers is just one straight away. It's just one straight away. And if you'll stop and listen to God... He will tell you which way to turn, and he's got something there for you that was far better than what you thought you were going toward. So, what have we been? What have we been doing here today? Trying to get some practical instruction on learning to hear the voice of God. Learning to hear the voice of God. Start. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Get into an ongoing conversation with the God who loved Pastor. Would the Father want conversation with me? Look, He is supernatural. He is mighty. He is eternal. He has the ability to hear every prayer across the universe and be listening to you as if there's no other voices. Do you know that? He can give you his undivided attention. If we believe the Word and we act on it, the Lord will do mighty things. Let's all stand. As you know, we don't meet on the last Sunday of the month. I hope you have a wonderful day next Sunday, a day of rest, a day of enjoyment, a day of peace, or not only joy but enjoyment. Don't forget to pray for your church and those that God has put into your life. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. And Father, we praise you that we can hear your voice. I ask you for greater clarity of the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life and Dina's life and the life of all of these that you've given here in this church fellowship. And God, for those who don't regularly hear your voice, I pray that there would be a divine attraction and magnetism in them, that they would seek to know you. Not to think that you're some unspeaking God that's way out there somewhere, but you are actively involved in their life. May they cross the line and just say, Lord, begin to not only express their heart, but to listen, to be able to discern what you're saying in so many ways. I ask you to overrule in any inferior plan that we have, just just overrule. I want to thank you, oh God, for overruling. So many times in my life, you have overruled and kept your best by stopping me from making an inferior choice. Thank you for that, Lord. And I invite you to always stop me from making an inferior choice and give me the ability to listen to you more carefully. We thank you that the devil is defeated. He can hinder, but he can't stop the mighty work of the Lord God. We surrender to your work, Lord protect and comfort and encourage and speak in Jesus mighty and holy name and all the people said we'll we'll see you in two weeks God bless you you can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com